1: Hi, everyone. This is Raoul Pal, the CEO and co-founder of Real Vision, and welcome to my podcast. Every week, I'm lucky enough to speak to tons of smart and innovative people in the financial game. I get so much insight from these conversations, and that's why I wanted to start this podcast, so I can share that knowledge with you. I hope you learn from the discussions, and you can always find more in-depth content at realvision.com. Enjoy the show. Ben, as ever, fantastic to see you.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm always looking forward to talking to you. And uh, it's amazing to do this at sort of what I feel like is the end of a crypto winter and the beginning of a brand new age. But we'll see. We'll see.
1: Now, look, there's a lot to catch up with you, because I'm kind of following this journey with you, and I want to bring everybody along with us. But you're up to all sorts of stuff. It's not just crypto. So let's get what else you're up to. Uh, let's talk about that as well, because there's it's always amazing with you. I don't know how you manage to have so many things going on at once. So what are you up to?
0: Yeah, it's kind of wild that I, I, over the last year, just project after project kind of got started. And so I'm in this point where I'm working pretty much round the clock on so many things. But the main focus is right now, uh, apart from the NFT project, which I've gotten so excited about, um, is uh, is, uh, I have a movie about to shoot based on the GameStop drama. We all remember what happened with GameStop. Um, and is this wrote, a
1: documentary or
0: a or a? No, no. This is like the social network. So I wrote a book called The Antisocial Network, it, um, which obviously. was uh, a thriller about you know the regular people on Reddit who took on Wall Street and took down a Wall Street well, bank. as We the can book. now I love officially. Oh, well, thank you. That's so kind of you. Uh, I mean, uh, since the book has come out, Melvin Capital is no more, <laughs> and so the reality is they really did take down Melvin Capital, which brings me back to all these conversations I had with. Melvin Capital people telling me, oh, it's no big deal. We're fine. We're fine. That's like, I don't think they were fine. But um, anyways, our movie uh, based on that book is going to be shooting in about 10 weeks, which is kind of incredible. Um, And it's going to be a a really big, you know, in the theaters um, drama akin to the social network. I think there's a little bit more Comedy, just because of the the setting, um, it's a little bit more like The Big Short, I guess, kind of mixed with. But it's young; um, the characters are all you know, twenty somethings, and and uh, other than the Wall Street people, so it's going to be a really fun movie. I think um, the script is amazing, and we're directed by uh, Gillespie, Craig Gillespie, who did uh, I Tanya, and he did Cruella, and he did the the wow. Pam and Tommy documentary, which was. Really amazing. So this guy is awesome, does rip from the headline stuff really good. Um, So that's one big project. When's Um, it
1: out? Do we know when when it might be? Well, you know,
0: if it's shooting this fall, um, I'm guessing next year in 2023 towards the end, it's going to be kind of an award type movie. So I'm guessing you place it in the fall or winter. Um, So my hope is the end of next year. And that's exciting. I'll get to be on set. Um, I haven't been on a movie set since The Social Network. So it's been a little bit of a, a, a while for me. Um, I'm writing the sequel to The Midnight Ride. I wrote a book called The Midnight Ride, which came out last year, which was a thriller. Um, but that paperback comes out next month. Um, and that's when, you know, you usually get a bigger audience for a book. And then the, the sequel comes out next summer. So I'm handing that in next month. <laughs> so that's what I've been working on. It's a thriller set in Boston um, that actually goes all the way back to a, uh, the revolutionary era in terms of there's this secret mystery that drives us back there. But it's about a card counter... Who uncovers um, really the the what actually happened in a massive art theft, the Gardner Museum theft? And I don't want to go in too much because it's a lot of tricks and
1: and and, and stuff you, like that. Out of interest, how do you plan a book like that with a complicated plot? Do you kind yeah. of whiteboard it all out? I mean, how do you? How do you even? Yeah, I mean, here? you
0: know, I, I have a general idea of the characters, you know, and and I know the settings and stuff like that. But I really do not so much a whiteboard like you do in television. It's more like I do an outline where every sentence kind of is a chapter, and and by the end you've got uh, three acts, just like a movie. I I pretty much plan all my books like they were movies. Um, so you know, I've always written my books to be movies. Um, It's just been something I've done from the very beginning. It's something that some critics attack me for because I'm really writing movies as books. Um, But for me, I plan it out the same way you would plan out a screenplay where you have act one, act two, act three. And uh, I know in a book like this, it's kind of like the Da Vinci Code where there's a couple of big set pieces that I already have in my mind using great works of art, great sort of um, memorials that don't make sense. If you look back into American history, there is a lot of weirdness. And, you know, we talk a lot nowadays about the founding fathers, but the reality is they were very different than we imagine them today. And they had things going on that you, you can't even believe. I mean, they were all part of secret society and they were all doing this. They were spies, a lot of them, and a lot of them were using you know, cryptography. Um, they were kind of the forerunners of, of what goes on today in terms of uh, conspiracy theories. There were so many conspiracies going on in the revolutionary area. So that's what I'm trying to bring out in these books. Um, and it's a series of books. So this is book two. It'll be out next summer. I sold the book to uh, Steven Spielberg and Amblin to make into a movie. So I wrote that's a draft of that yeah. as
1: well. And that's then I'm working on- I Well, I do know how you do it. You're immensely talented, but it's incredible to see this.
0: That's kind and then I have two big television series about to uh, get announced. I can't really tell you too much about them, but they're both based on books of mine, and um, they're going to be involving very big uh, streamers. So I'm going to have a a show on each of the streamers. um, And I'll, I'll be able to obviously come back on and tell you about those as soon as I have the information, but they involve some really big Big people in Hollywood, and um, um, you know, they're my projects that I've really wanted to make into movies for a long time. Uh, But they're going to be television, which is which is cool. And then, um, God, I'm trying to remember Wooly. I sold Wooly, which was my book about the woolly mammoth coming back to life, Um, and I sold it to uh, a a movie studio that's aligned with the actual Wooly project. So the plan is they're going to bring a prehistoric woolly mammoth back to life, and my book will be made into a movie about it that will come along with the woolly. So I really wanna just ride a woolly mammoth into the premiere, <laughs> but anyways, that's all, that's all coming together. So those are kind of the main projects. And then I'm, I'm looking at what my next nonfiction book is gonna be, and that's gonna end up being tied into my NFT project.
1: So, okay, let's catch people up with the project, where you started, where you are, where it's going, because there's, again, a lot going on. In typical Ben world, there's yes. a lot going on. So first, start at the beginning, For people who didn't watch the first interview, what was the original idea concept? Where did you start? How did it evolve? And then we'll go into where we are now and where it's going.
0: Sure. So it all started with the Winklevi twins. They told me about NFTs and told me that you know why they thought this was going to be world changing, and I really stuck to it. I loved it. I thought this is amazing. And I wanted to create an NFT project that brings my community, people who like the stuff that I write about along with me. So the idea came about a guy named Adam Brotman, who is a genius. He's at Starbucks um, making their NFT project, which has just been announced. Um, and he was like, you know, what you should do is is drops that lead to a project. So the first drop Uh, revolved around the GameStop drama. All of the artwork had to do with rockets and memes like that. Uh, It was a 6,000-piece collection at .06 that that sold out very quickly. Um, The idea was you own one of each of my three drops, um, and you're going to share in a screenplay that I'm writing about the NFT space. Um, So I'm writing a movie about NFTs, and the NFT community that is in the project gets to own half of it along with me. Um, So the first drop was about you know GameStop. The second drop... Was a free everyone who had the first drop got to mint a um, Bitcoin Billy we called them so they were kind of Bitcoin billionaires type of art um, and it was kind of cool doing something Bitcoiny on the Ethereum blockchain um, because to me it's all one I think that they're all we all rise together I'm not a maximalist or a minimalist I know there's battles going on in that world but I really think. <laughs> The idea of Bitcoin on an Ethereum chain is, is the future here to some extent. We're all coming up together. Um, so Bitcoin billies, uh, I think there's been 2,000 and something minted so far. The minting goes all the way up to the third drop. So there's still a few people. What was really cool about the first drop is we have over 3,000 distinct owners and almost none of them were for sale. People pretty much held on to them, even though you know the prices haven't been wonderful. It's been winter for everybody. Um, people aren't selling them. They're holding on to them, which has been great. Um, and you need one of each of the three collections. And since the Bitcoin is, the second collection is only one per wallet. For people who own the first, it's kind of uh, going to be the much smaller collection. Um, and then the third collection is coming, you know, next week. And it is Vegas related. All of the imagery has to do with the journey I did into Vegas. A lot of my career takes place and I wrote Bringing Down the House, um, which was about the MIT blackjack team, which was made into the movie 21. That's actually our 20th anniversary coming up uh, next month. Uh, That book has been out 20 years, which is kind of unbelievable when I think about it um, and still sells more than almost all my other books combined, which is nuts. Really? Um, people love that story of, of just college kids taking down Vegas. I,
1: se- I sent you, I was watching it the other night on, on TV, I sent you a, oh, yeah. a, a picture of me watching the film. It was, I hadn't seen the film. It was, it's just it's a, such it's a good, a good
0: film. film. And I think that that movie was just such a cool wish fulfillment. Anybody who's ever gone to Vegas has thought, how do you win? And there's an a, actual mathematical way you can win. And that's what that story was about. Um, so anyways, the, the third drop coming up next week is 6,000 pieces at .06, and it's all Vegas related. But we're doing some cool stuff with it. And you know you'll see on the imagery that every picture has a blackjack hand on it. And you're going to be able to come to our Discord with your blackjack hand. Get another card if you want, (laughs) take a hit and play against the dealer and win prizes. So we're going to have all sorts of prizes involving my books, involving live things. Um, So we've always seen these things on top of the screenplay as being entrance into a community who share this sort of fun, loving view of of what I write about. So a lot of people were invited to my book party of my last book, which was really cool. Uh, We had a big party in New York during NFT NYC. We're going to do a big Vegas event for people who hold our things. And we're planning more and more live events. As I get closer to my movies, you're going to get to go to movie premieres. There's going to be chances of, you know, we're going to do a live read through when I write this script. And people who own it are going to actually be able to read script with me and play characters and as we get closer to the movie there's going to be tons of involvement both creatively and 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 in person uh, anybody who wants to come along on this ride with us and so as you know i see this as the beginning of a much bigger platform so you know you you get our three things you get to be a part of the screenplay hopefully there will be we'll sell the screenplay for millions of dollars and they'll be payback to people but that's only part of it The other part of this entrance into this platform, where I believe other writers, you know, are going to be able to break their books and their stories in this way. I've been talking to a lot of writers, both, you know, new writers and people who've been around a long time, names you would recognize. And the goal is that going forward, when you launch a book, you'll drop an NFT collection and people who are interested in the book will get involved in it. And in this way, rather than publishers deciding which books kind of rise to the top, we can kind of change that. And we can make it so that the NFT community can decide which authors they want to support. So in a lot of ways, we're almost competing with Substack um, or even Amazon Kindle. The idea going forward is if we can break 10 or 15 authors on the platform, um, we can show that an author has another way to go to publish their work rather than just throwing something out you know, into the does, Amazon Kindle. Does it world.
1: also change the business of advances as well? I mean, I think
0: that what we've been seeing in publishing is that advances are just going down and down and down and down. There's a handful of people, celebrities or very well-known authors, who get these mega advances. And everyone else gets, you know, the average advance is $5,000. They're tiny. um, And they're not something you can make a living on. And this is the same thing that happened in the music industry. Um, An artist trying to break in has to have another job, right? There's no just writing for a living anymore, unless you're a name brand or or a celebrity. Um, and so what this can do is if you have a great story to tell, um, that becomes the important thing. As I said, value is in story, right? It's in communities. And so you're going to be able to launch a collection around this story idea. And if the people want this you know, book, if they see it as something that they think that they want to get behind, they could buy your collection. And so instead of an advance, you essentially have an NFT community supporting you. Um, And then if it works, everyone gains because you become successful, the book becomes famous, the NFT goes up in value. And so it's this incentivized way of building artists. Um, And I think you'll see this in every industry. Now, obviously, we're in a period of of transition. It's it's the beginning of all of this. So I'm looking forward a lot. Uh, One of the things about my project has always been. This is a long-term project. I understand people speculate. They come in, they want to buy something, and they want to turn it around. That was never our intent. Our intention was we're going to try and build something that really is a part of this future. We want to become sort of uh, uh, how writers write. Five years from now. And so everyone who's involved in our project now is going to be whitelisted to the next one, the next one, the next one, growing, growing, growing. Um, we're doing something with the Boston Globe where we're going to be launching um, Boston Globe's 150th anniversary NFT. And everyone in, in my community is going to get whitelisted into that. And so this is a company with hundreds of years of, of you know, 150 years behind it incredible artwork, incredible photography, incredible writing. Um, and that's the sort of thing that I think should be supported by. Web three, right? It doesn't have to be, you know, something that um, is all about subscriptions or, or, or buying the newspaper on the newsstand. There's a community of people who can support it and, and grow with it. And so, yeah, this is I, I'm I'm thinking big, and part of it comes from talking to you. I mean, you've been a real inspiration for me because you're always thinking so enormously. You know, it's like, uh, and I love that
1: sort of thing. You know, I'm walking because well, it's they all said, possible, right? We're not being confined by. What it was. Right. We're now being confined with what we invent. You know, we can create the future myth, right? The future origin story is in front of us. It's unbelievable.
0: And, and we're seeing things com- completely created out of whole cloth. It's an entirely new uh, engine here going on. And you look at something like Bored Apes, which has done amazing things. You look at all of these things that come up. And sure, there's tons of scams and there's tons of crap and there's some of things that come and go. But when you look at what's being built, the base here, um, it's staggering to me of where we could be five to ten years from now. And uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I hope that that people come along with the ride with us. Um, it's been wonderful so far, and um, and you know the third drop is, is going to be leading right to the movie, and so that's going to be the next great step. Where I'm writing a screenplay, and I'm talking to people like you, but I'm interviewing people um, who are in the space, who have done incredible things in the space, and I'm. Putting together three storylines. The storylines are going to be, you know, someone who stumbles into this. His whole family thinks he's crazy. He's he's a speculator. He's gambling essentially, but he builds himself a fortune in the NFT world. Another character is going to be an artist um, who really normally wouldn't be able to break in. Um, It's a very hard world to break into. They're not from a, they have no connections. They're a nobody essentially, and they find their way doing art. And then the third one is going to be a scammer, uh, a rug puller. And we've seen a lot in the last you know year to work on. We've seen so many different things collapse. And 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 I want to tell that part of the story too because it's a big part of this Wild West. And they all kind of intersect and come together. And so I've been working on the, the plot lines of the screenplay already. And now I'm starting a series where on Twitter, I'm doing Twitter spaces where I interview potential characters for the movie. And so my God, audience is going to get to walk along it. with it. And I got to interview John Knopf, who's this incredible photographer who's done some amazing things and great stories. Um, I've got a couple more amazing ones lined up. Um, and uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll be interviewing everyone in the space eventually um, as I write the screenplay. I want this to be an open source screenplay in some respects. And then I'm going to put scenes up on the Discord. People can read along and decide whether they like what I'm doing and whether they still want to hold this NFC or not. Um, and we can all kind of just stay together on this. And then when the movie comes out, it's going to be the coolest thing ever.
1: I absolutely fucking love this idea. <laughs> at Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't
0: get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're
1: already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So the other thing that you and I briefly talked about, I just want to catch you up to see where your thoughts are on this. Movie movie financing is a big business. And, you know, like there's a friend of mine here who does it. It makes a fortune out of it because it's a very restricted group of people who are kind of in the know and they make big returns out of it. And you get penalized if you come with a screenplay to Netflix or HBO, or whoever it is, because they have to front the costs, So they take a larger share than they would do. Have you thought about disrupting that part as well and trying to finance the movie itself via an NFT? Because yeah. I just think, why the hell wouldn't you?
0: I, and it's absolutely something we've talked about and we've thought about. Now, you've seen a lot of things spring up where, you know, we're going to make a movie. And I'm always looking at them and saying, oh, they're not going to make a movie because <laughs> it's, it's very hard to make a movie. Um, the financial side of it is not even the hardest part, right? The hardest part is the art getting the right elements together, getting sort of a good screenplay, finding a good director, getting sort of. And so I do think we're going to come in at an advantage and that that's the side that we know well or I know well. Um, And then the next part will be the financing side. I do think that there's a really great way to make movies with the community here. I do think that Hollywood as a whole is looking at this and figuring out, uh, you know, how does one do this? Is there an interesting way to do that? I would love to see the Web3 community make a movie. I would love to see a real big movie come out of uh, funding in this way. And I do think that's one thing we're talking about for mine. Now, in the past, you know, I've written a screenplay, sold it to a studio, and you're right. You get something up front, but that's it. If the movie explodes, becomes a billion dollar movie, you don't get anything. You might get a bonus, but it's not a big part of it. The better way to go if you have the willingness to take risk
1: is to finance it yourself. Well, the thing is, is the willingness to take risk changes in Web3 because you spread the risk like an insurance risk across a group of people. Right. So you're not having to fund it yourself. Let's say you've got the money to do it. You take the risk. You take the glory, but it's risky, right? And the last thing you want to do is... Blow your savings on something you think is going to be great. But you can spread the risk amongst the community, and everybody gets more advantageous terms, including the movie studio, because they're like, yeah. oh, this has been de risked for us as well. Yeah. I mean,
0: I do think that that's a real, you know, real possibility here with our project. Um, it's something, you know, when we get to that point, I'm going to put it to the community, and I'm going to say, you know, we've got a couple of choices here. Um, I can sell this to a studio, uh, or try to sell it to a studio, or try to sell it to a streamer, and you'll get a check, and that that's where it'll go. Or we can try and really make the movie ourselves and do uh, a token, tokenize it, and, and put it together. And obviously, there
1: are legal ways you're going to have to go through a lot of. You know what they're going to say. Side. You know what they're going to say, Ben. Yeah. They're going to be. LFG, let's fucking go. There's you know, I a do cool think there's some are. level of that. I think there's
0: some level of that, but you got to be realistic. And I've been in the movie business a long time. And let's just say I'm, I'm on my third movie about to shoot <laughs> out of 25 books. I understand the, I always, I'm a huge optimist and every book I write, I'm like, this is going to be the biggest movie of the year at the same time, I understand the reality of it. Um, and so I do think LFG. that would be the way I would want to go. I would say, let's just go for it. We can raise $20 million um, and we can make a movie and then we own it and it makes $300 million and everyone's going to have a great time. Uh, but, you know, you have to be rational and you have to understand where we have to go if we're going to do that and how it's going to work. But you're right. I think that the community will. I do think that that's the type of people who are in this community. People want to take a risk and go for it. And this is, by the way, it goes back to the GameStop story. Everyone I interviewed, um, nobody wanted 2X, right? 2X is bull. It's bullshit, right? 2X is bullshit. You want... 10x. You want 100x, and this is a new way of thinking. By the way, you go back to Wall Street 10 years ago, and it's like you're going to double your money because
1: you know. Because if you look at the demographic, right, Wall Street from 10 years ago was Gen Xers who've been in their careers and Boomers, so their job was protect your wealth, don't screw it up, right. But these Millennials and the Gen Z have come with student loans, no assets. So why not always take the option of the 10x? Because there is no way that compounding 5% returns, 10% returns is ever going to make them anything. You're exactly right. The people I interviewed, uh, I'd say,
0: well, you just doubled your money. Why wouldn't you sell? And they all said, doubling my money is not going to change my life in any way. You know, maybe I'll be able to pay my rent one more month, right? That's not what I'm looking for. And I think that's what powers the NFT community to the both good and bad, right? It's that everyone wants a home run. And I listen, I I built my career on that. As a writer, that's what you do. Every book you write, you're like, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the next year, but I'm going to hit a home run with this book. Uh, And eventually, hopefully you do hit a home run, then you don't eat as much peanut butter and jelly. But the point is, is that the whole community powers that way now. Um, And I think Wall Street is starting to figure out that that's how Wall Street is going to be powered going forwards, too, is that the retail trader is not looking to double their money. The retail trader is looking to change their lives. And that is something that we all need to take into account going forward. And so you're right. I mean, I do think looking at an NFT project and thinking, oh, I just want to succeed isn't enough. You want to, you want to have a shot. You want a lottery ticket. Um, and and uh, I, my agent said this to me the other day. Every movie is a spin on the wheel of life, Right. And it really is because, you know, nine out of 10 times, it's not going to change your life. But there's that one out of 10 times where it literally is going to change your life. And I've experienced it with the social network um, and to a lesser extent, you know, 21. Um, And I think that people in this industry, some people have experienced it. Somebody, you know, minted a board ape at whatever it was in the beginning and is now sitting on a million dollars. So there is that spin of life going on in the NFT community that is so strong. it's such a strong emotional thing, uh, the idea that I have a chance at a spin at life, because most people never get a chance at a spin at life. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, why not go for something like that? Um, but you know, the realist part of me says there needs to be also some rationality to this industry, because if everything is a spin on the wheel of life,
1: we're going to be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, it can't just be about hype, but I just think there's some real business issues you, yeah. that you can solve within that construct of, what do the punters want as well? I mean, there's yeah. somewhere within that is magic. No, I don't know I where think, that I is. I think the
0: answer is going to be uh, to partner with some big thing like an FTX or someone like that who wants to sort of sh- uh, shepherd a bunch of movie projects so the industry. It takes one piece of the risk, and the community takes one piece of the risk.
1: And in that way, together, you're going to be able to build something. And, and my guess is yeah. people like A16Z and stuff like That's a story that's never been told properly, by the way. Right. Um, but um, A16Z, people like that would be interested because what this is going to do if it works is it unlocks enormous potential in all sorts of parts of the creative entertainment yeah, well, one of the of things this. that
0: you'll overnight happen is good movies will start getting made. Um, because right now, all that studios can do is make Marvel movies. Because Marvel movies are great, they make lots of money, they have these huge budgets, they're the only sure thing left, right? And so the problem is all of these other pictures, which which tell great stories, are very difficult to make in the studio system. But in a Web3 system, you could tell a lot of stories. I mean, on my Twitter all day long, people pitch me stories. And there's always like, did you see this happen? This is a Ben Mesrick story. This and I'm thinking, yeah, that is a great story. But there's no way I could sell that. <laughs> because, because there's not a big enough audience of teenagers who will go to the Cineplex and buy popcorn to watch the story of Luna, or to watch the story of the collapse of this fund, or whatever. But it's a great story, um, and so there has to be another way to tell it. And we might, you know, we might have it here in that. In that, if Web
1: three wants a story told, you know, we could tell it. And they don't have to be books either. I mean, this is Substack for Web three. You know, I know people have tried this, but it's there. People, humans, yeah. love storytelling, and they want to hear the story told. And yeah. you know. How do people want to pay for that? How do they want to be involved? Do you want to be part of... You remember years ago, there used to be these kind of amazing kind of short story compendiums that kind of really arty and cool and you would pay quite a lot of money to get one every month or every quarter. It'd come through this thick and, you know, those things can live and breathe again in this way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think, and one of the great things about... Um, what I've learned having this community on Discord, you know, we've got 8,000, 9,000 people on there, is that there's so much intellectual interest, intellectual curiosity. People aren't just gambling, right? People are here because they want to see something really interesting and new and different. And I do think that there's a place for for that sort of thing to, to, you know, re-explode. And what's cool about NFTs also is the interactive nature of it, what you can do with an NFT. I mean, we did a drop over Midnight Ride, which had in it a game. Basically, every day the NFT changed for 20 days. So anyone who bought the book was able to follow the puzzles in the NFT, then go to the actual book and find paragraphs. That corresponded. And we had, you know, 500,000 people playing this game daily, winning prizes like ETH or whatever. But as an author, it was, it was incredible to watch. And the puzzles were too hard for me. I couldn't figure out what, the, and even though I wrote the book, I couldn't figure out the puzzles. But what was really neat was that people were working together and they were sort of living inside the book to get there. And as an author, what was intriguing to me is the people who played the game are the ones who are most interested in the sequel. They're so excited because they got so into the story in solving the puzzles. It added just another dimension to writing a book. Um, and you could do this in any sort of book. You can invite people into it. And so I do think NFTs are a great way um, to, to extend the story into other people's
1: worlds. And too. so just to go back to a point we talked about before, so is there a group of people helping you design this, or is this you? No, no, storytelling via NFTs. Just I'm the pretty face to some extent. I'm a writer. I write my books, and I kind of know what my
0: lane is. So I have people who know how to sort of program. Um, you know, sure. Bunchu, Bunchu Joe, and I've got Adam, who's sort of a big thinker. And then in terms of the puzzles, we we have this MIT guy, Scott Commoner, who's just amazing. Who is who is creating the puzzle that goes inside the artwork. We have an amazing artist um, who goes on the web under
1: Man Over Mars, and he's amazing his artwork. And so there is a team behind. But the but the storytelling that the NFT, the journey you go through as an NFT holder, that's your storytelling, right?
0: My goal is that people are going to be a part of my storytelling. And, and this is something that I'm going to do not just in every book I write, but pretty much my whole career going forward. And what I love about this is, so for instance, when this movie comes out, I'm going to be on a you know a junket tour and I'm going to be talking about my NFT project and talking about NFTs. Because to me, that audience is coming with me on every project I do going forward. And this is what I want to see other authors do. I think that there's this incredible way, you know, we used to have fan clubs, right? And they were like a group of people who are great, who you would go and meet with once in a while. But it was always a megaphone, right? You're on Twitter or you're doing a book club via Zoom or a book club in person. This community is very different in that this community is coming with me and they're a part of it and they're an owner in something that I'm doing. And I want to see that extend throughout my career. Um, So yes, I'm trying to create a story going forward that all these people are going to be participants in going forward. And so via the NFT and via the next NFT and the next NFT, um, I'm hoping this just builds and builds.
1: So I want to ask you something else, is how Web3 has kind of changed your life, not in the respects we've talked about, but in the respects of how accessible everybody is. Oh, yeah. Tell me about the kind of people who've reached out, the crazy conversations where you've just sat back and gone, wow, this." normally I'm trying to hound these people for for one telephone call. And before I know it, Right. this is going on. What's, what's been going on behind the scenes in Ben World?
0: In Ben World? Well, it's funny because I've always been interactive with my audience as much as I could. And it's always been through Twitter because that's kind of the easiest place. And a lot of the stories that I've written have been pitched to me. I mean, I've told this story before, but the social network came from a random 3 a.m. you know email from a Harvard senior. Um, and uh, uh, pretty much most of my stories have been just someone reaching out to me and finding me. But now there's a community of people who kind of know me and I'm there all the time. And so it's been really cool. I've heard lots and lots of stories about people, um, you know, who've, who've worked their way in this community, who've had either major success or have been screwed dramatically, right? You get a lot of those stories back and forth and, and they're really intriguing stories. Um, and people want to talk to me a lot about writing too. So I get to talk to people who are starting out and trying to first do their first book and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. I well, mean, I'm, I'm
1: thinking th- about have the movie studios come to you and go, what oh. the hell are you up to? Yes. You know, those, oh, those, gosh, that kind those, of those conversation. In the broader context of the, holy shit, did these guys just come to me? Yes. You know, so I have definitely Am I an imposter? You know, this kind of I want to hear about these stories. Yeah, so I've I been think at, all I've, of us.
0: I've been at events where, you know, studio heads, uh, who are normally people who I try to sell things to, right? Who don't talk to me, will come up to me and be like, let's talk about NFTs. Explain to me how this is gonna change my life, or something like that. I'm getting lots of conversations like that. Um, people Producers uh, who will will come seek me out and be like, um, "What what should my next movie be doing um, in the NFT space?" Or or managers and and agents are other people who talk to me a lot about their clients, about actors. Um, And let me put it this way: right now, everyone is wary. Um, There's a wariness going on, which is totally understandable, um, having to do with. is this gonna be here for the future? Is this gonna last? Number two, is, what are the pitfalls? What are the, what are the fears here about how this looks? Studios on the whole want to embrace the NFT, but they're nervous at this moment um, because they're always afraid of, everyone's always afraid of losing their job. That's just the bottom line all throughout Hollywood. Nobody wants to risk their neck. And, and, and the interesting thing about Hollywood is you can't lose your job by saying no. You can only lose your job by saying yes. And this is the reason, if you look at how movies are made, this is the main problem in Hollywood, is that nobody wants to take the sort of risk that needs to be taken to create something great because that's the thing that you can lose your job over. But it's until someone takes that risk that, you know, you get these great projects. And so there are a few people in Hollywood who are willing to take these mega risks and the rest of people wait for everyone else to do it and then they'll jump into it. And so we're going to get there. I mean, there was a huge article on Guy Siri I don't know if you saw, you know, The Hollywood Reporter and how he's moved into the NFT space and, and, and it's opening doors. People are looking at this and saying there's something big going on here. I think as we move out of this kind of winter period and into sort of a more stability over the next six months, uh, you're going to see some
1: big Hollywood studios move in in a big way. And what about the publishers? Have they they're yeah. really old and decrepit oh in generally I mean, how They you, work. You
0: have some interaction with publishers too. I was still sending in print manuscripts, typed manuscripts like 3 years ago, okay? They weren't even letting me email manuscripts in and, and they would come back with like lines on them and you're like, "Oh my god, this is this is I, the only t- reason I have a fax machine is for publishing houses, you know? Publishers are, are stuck. Um, they, they let Amazon overtake them when there was no reason why that should ever have happened. They owned all the books. I mean, they could have had their own Amazon, right? Um, and they failed at that. And they look at this world and they're happy— that I'm doing an NFT project because it builds an audience. And you've got, when I do my next book, there's going to be 10,000 people on my Discord that are going to get a first look at what I'm doing. And they like that aspect of it. But to them right now, it's just publicity. They're like, okay, that's a piece of marketing and publicity. They don't yet see it or understand it as this is a potential avenue for publishing, um, that this is a way you can publish books, um, that not just building an audience that wants to buy your book, but the audience can actually buy your book this way. We could figure that out. That's going to be a step for publishers. Hopefully, publishers will not be left in the dust in this, in this realm. Um, but it's more likely going to be startups or platforms like mine rather than Random House. You know what I'm saying? It'll be more like somebody like me will build this platform and a bunch of authors will do it, and then Random House will partner with that uh, rather than Random House building it out itself because they just don't you know, look at who publishers hire and they hire liberal arts majors who come out of, you know, elite universities who then work for $27,000 a year in a horrible situation and go to lots of parties. That's what publishing is. That's not the people who are creating the NFT world, right? The NFT world people are you know the people at home who understand smart contracts and are doing engineering. Basically, those are two very different groups of people um, that don't intermingle, right? In the publishing world, the IT department is in the basement, <laughs> right, and it doesn't have any power. But in the NFT world, the IT department is running the show. And until those
1: things come together, you're not going to see publishing move into this future. The how are you thinking about using NFTs for characterization? We've seen it with Jenkins the Valet, for example. I love that, yeah. I love which the Jenkins is a, project, yeah. Which is a really cool project. We've seen what Gary V is trying to do with V Friends, creating yeah. media from the ground up by creating characters. Board Ape is essentially that in some respects as well. How are you thinking through that? Because it feels like an obvious extension yes. where you create a bunch of NFT characters that end up being parts of some bigger... Meta narrative, uh,
0: absolutely. So I've definitely been. We've been talking about our, our our second drop, our Bitcoin Billies, which people have really taken to, um, and they have kind of cool personalities to them. I and mean, we're thinking of doing an animated show around it. So that's one of the sort of potential things we've talked and thought about. But I do like the idea um, because I, I write these stories, um, you know, that intersect with reality in a lot of different ways. That there could be a way um, with this next project that when people get their nfts they can segue
1: in there. Well, I'm kind of story. thinking like cludo. Like- so, there's a bunch of characters right. and maybe a bunch of circumstances, kind of like how Bowie and William Burroughs used to write the cut-ups idea. So, you've got this. Right. And then what happens is out of this becomes all of these different stories that end up all woven around these places, these thing, these objects and these characters. And they all end up as whole books or screenplays or it. whatever in their own. I mean, I think that's great. I,
0: I, absolutely, you know, think that there's a way to do this. I'd love to sort of talk more and figure it out <laughs> the, the the bones of it because I'm always looking for for a way to write um bigger sort of epic you know like i look at game of thrones and there's hundreds of characters you know intersecting and going through and and now exactly. we've got a place where we can actually have all of these different characters and put them together in a world and so i like this idea a lot i like this idea it's almost I'm like,
1: like Cl- cluedo right It's right. like professor plum did it in the oh, right, library right, right. with a rope right
0: I mean it's, I love I think there's something very very cool to do with this. Um I got to think more about how I would go on to that and to the next step, but there's definitely a way to go about that for sure.
1: Yeah, cuz I was all, yeah, as I said I'm a big Bowie fan and seeing how he stole what William Burroughs was doing with the cut-ups and then putting it together, you know, Life on Mars is essentially newspaper cuttings. Right. And I I just think somewhere there just in my head there's like there's a genius idea. I don't know if you ever no, it probably doesn't apply, but but just having all of these characters, who knows how they interact in yeah. what stories and what has what significance in what? It's I love it. I mean I've always
0: listened I've always been a fan of the Make Your Own Adventures series back when it was happening. And I always when I, I've written books, I've even tried to write books that go in many different directions, um, and not successfully yet. But I do think here is a way where we could do something like that, where you have a book being written. By the community in terms of the different characters and where they interact and who they interact with. I think there's something really to that. And I just have to I have to get my head around what format it would take, you know, when we're done with it. Um, but I like that. I do
1: like that a lot. Because it could be like a series of, you know, those old kind of I'm trying to think of the books like Enid Blyton's Famous Five, right? So there's a series of books about the same characters and a bunch of different things. Right. And you know, there could be a rotating cast of characters. Anyway, it's just an idea that I just think because NFTs enable a character to be built before a story. Right. And that's something really different because you have to write a story to develop a character right. in traditional storytelling. I love it. You're right. I
0: mean, we are launching the characters before the story. That's a neat way to look at it. And then, um, yeah, if there's a way to put the story together via the characters, then you could, you could really do something cool.
1: Ben, as ever, look fantastic to speak to you. I just, I love these conversations because it's just, I love what you're doing. It's just really exciting. Oh, thank
0: you. I mean, it's it's been a blast, and you've been, you know, one of the big thinkers that I follow all the time. And I think, uh, I think, uh, you know, people are starting to see where this can go, but we're so at the beginning um, that it's just a blast to be a part of. And I hope that we're having these conversations for years to come as the platforms just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then, then, you know, everyone in the world has an NFT, and then we'll be in a good place.
1: Because people are still seeing what you're doing, and not realizing that there's the whole bigger thing is this platform and the disruption and the helping of talent to get access to capital and audience and community. You know, there's a much bigger thing at play here, as everything. There's always narratives and meta-narratives and in everything. And I I I love it. There's
0: a sea change going on, and it's hard to see because you know there are so many things happening at the same time. But I think the. The threads that are actually going to come out of this are going to just go up and up and up and up. And hopefully, we'll be one of those. So
1: it should be really neat to see what happens. Yeah. Well, I'm sure I'll catch up with you in another six months' time on Real Vision <laughs> and keep everybody up to date of your crazy journey.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we'll be, you'll be coming, come to the movie premiere. It's going to be awesome. Without question. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you. All. I love it.
1: Love talking Thanks to you. Thanks so much, Ben. Yeah. I love talking to Ben. Ben really inspires me in how he thinks. and Again, as always, Ben is so surprising in the amount of narratives he can run in his head at the same time and still keep sight of the bigger picture. It's astonishing with the grasp that he's got of Web3 and the power it can create for the creator economy. It's, It's simply brilliant. I honestly don't think Ben truly yet understands the impact what he's doing will have on the future of the book industry, the TV industry, the film industry, the writing industry in general, whether it's magazines, who knows? But he's onto something absolutely enormous and by the grin on his face, he's having a hell of a lot of fun doing it too. Hi, thanks for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, I've got a free membership waiting for you. If you want to understand the future of everything, then understanding digital assets is the key. We're not ever going back to a pre-crypto world. Blockchain technology is transforming literally everything from communities, to healthcare, to real estate, to, well, everything. That's why in 2020, we launched Real Vision Crypto, the world's premier cryptocurrency and digital assets video channel. Right now, Real Vision Crypto is helping more than 300,000 members around the world understand the biggest wealth creation opportunities in a generation, and maybe of all time. And even better, Real Vision is completely free. All you need to do is input your email address and you get full access to all of the videos and the incredible emails too. Please visit realvisioncrypto.com, that's realvisioncrypto.com and start learning about this incredible world.